This is Pastor Devin, and I just want to say thanks for joining us, and I hope and pray that this message is an encouragement to your life today. Okay, turn in your Bibles to James. No. (laughs) Ah, no, I'm just kidding. We were in James for 11 long weeks, and everyone has recovered. And so we... We're just having uh, one weekend here where I get to talk to you about something that I'm extremely passionate about. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that by the end of our time today, that your outlook and perspective on relationships um, will be changed forever. And here, here's the key thought for today. I'm just going to tell you right up front. Here's the, here's the key thing that I want you to catch today, and it's this. Relationships are spiritual. Relationships are a spiritual decision. I want you to catch that today. Your your relationship decisions are the most important decisions you'll make in your life. First and foremost, your relationship with with God, right? Through Jesus. Most important decision you'll ever make. Beyond that, your relationships here, the friends, the people that you allow into your life, that influence you, that speak into your life. How about this, the the spouse you choose? How many know that's a relationship that's pretty important? You better get that one right, right? Yeah. How many got it wrong? No, I'm just, don't say that. Relationship. The one thing that has had the most influence on where you are today is your relationships. And the one thing that will have the most influence on where you're going is your relationships. You will never do all that God wants you to do without the right people in your life. I promise you, you won't. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 5. Look at this verse here. Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. And each of us needs all the others. We need each other. We need each other. It's not, oh, that would be kind of nice to have in my life. No, no, no. We need each other. Right relationships are a need in our life, and we have a need to belong to something. Listen, it's been this way since the beginning of time. God intended for us to need one another. It's a system that he put in place when he created us. Now, some of you are out there, you're thinking, I've tried that. I'm actually better off alone. I've tried being with people, and it hurt me, and I've decided that alone is better. And uh, as much as you may believe that, or you might think uh, you're not, you're not. We're better together because we need one another, and it's been that way since the beginning of time. Look at Genesis chapter 1. This is the creation story, and I just want us to point out, I want to frame this in a way so that you understand this is how we were created from the very beginning of time. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So God says, let's put a piece of us in them, and he did, by the way. You have a spirit, you know. This is, this is what separates you from every other living thing, right? We have plants and animals that are living things, our pets, they're living things. How many of you know your pet doesn't have a spirit? Okay, now, some of you are like, oh, my, my dog's going to heaven. I know he's going to heaven. Well, when your dog repents of its ways and comes to you and says, I'll never do that anymore, and I'm giving my life to Jesus, then <laughs> we all have a spirit in us, and that's what sets us apart. We have some of God's spirit in us. We're made in his likeness, right? And that seed that God put in us is his spirit. 
so that, the rest of verse 26, they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock, over the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. And he says it again, if you didn't catch it, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and he said to them, now time out. God is getting ready to say the very first words to what he's created. These are the first words that God says to his created beings. You know, when you study theology and doctrine in school, they talk to you about the, this uh, law of uh, priority, this law of firsts. And you, you just recognize when they're first words or when there are lists listed. There's, there's a priority there, okay? First words that God ever says to his created beings are this. Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea and the birds and sky over every living thing that moves. Be fruitful. Some of you have heard it said, be fruitful and multiply. First thing that God says to his creation is to reproduce. I just want to go on record that Ashley and I have done our part. And uh, we will no longer be doing our part uh, to help with that. Um, seriously, God actually, God actually meant more than physical reproduction. Uh, and I want you to hear this. This is, this is a biblical, powerful principle. It's a spiritual principle. And if you get this principle, it will change the way you live your life. And it's this, those things that are intimate will always reproduce. Whatever is intimate reproduces everything. This is a spiritual principle, not just a physical principle. God always intended from the very beginning of time that wherever there was intimacy, there would be reproduction. So God says, be fruitful and multiply. What he's saying is there needs to be a transfer of the spirit that's in you, the seed that's in you, who you really are. God knew that there would be this transfer that happens, the spirit that's in you, the gifts that are in you, the nature of your, your temperament, all of that. He's not talking about physical DNA. He's talking about spiritual DNA. Be fruitful and multiply. God creates us with this, with this ability to generationally pass down, to, to have this transference of a spiritual seed. He sets this in motion. He puts this in motion we can pass down blessing through our family line. It's being deposited. At every place it's deposited, it literally doubles in its impact. Think about that. It doubles, which is why the devil weasels his way in and tries to destroy our relationships because relationships are spiritual. Every relational decision you make is a spiritual decision, and you need to be fruitful and multiply what's in you, what's in you. Look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. For I, the Lord your God, I am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to thousands of generations of those who love me and keep my commands. Now, some of us don't like that verse because we're kind of like, what's up with that? Because God doesn't like this guy, so he's going to punish the kids. No, no, no. This is what God put in motion when he put his spirit in you. This is not a new principle. This is something that's existed from the very beginning of time. And you will reproduce what you're intimate with. You reproduce it. So the kids already exist. But if intentional blatant sin continues, that spirit gets reproduced. That spirit gets reproduced. Third and fourth generation. So then God sends his son, right? 
and his son comes and he breaks the curse of sin over generational curses, over habitual sin in your life. He comes and he breaks the sin off of what's happened in that process, and that's what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to break the curse. Look at the very last verse of Malachi, the very last Bible of the New Te- Old Testament. Before we get to the New Testament, look at the very last line, Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. And he will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents because there's a spiritual transference that happens when it's successfully done. And then he ends the Old Testament and then Jesus comes and he says, I've come to start this process over again. I've broken the curse over that and I've come to bring new life. Don't, aren't you thankful for that today? God basically says, I've got to get that process back in order again. And the gospel starts back over. But we need to know this. All of your relationships, every one of them, there is a spiritual transference taking place. Every one of your relationships, good or bad, there's a transference happening because the spirit of God is in you. And what you choose to transfer, then you fast forward to the end of Jesus' life. Jesus comes, he lives a sinless life. He's crucified, he dies. He's resurrected. He lives in a glorified body for about 40 days. He comes and he walks through some walls and he just pops up and shows up places and he says hello to some friends and then he leaves some final... Matt, you need to check that. That's awesome. It's just, I mean, why do drugs when you can do the Bible? I mean, this is awesome. Walking through walls and... Lots of pretty colors and all kinds of things. And then, and then Jesus ascends, and we call that the great ascension. Before he ascends, he gives us the last words to his disciples at the time. And the very last thing that he says is the same thing that he told you in Genesis 1. He says, now you go and reproduce. Go make disciples. The first thing he tells you to do is the last things that he tells you to do because relationships were spiritual then and relationships are spiritual now. The transference of the Spirit of God has to take place. Jesus says, I've come to break sin and the curse of darkness. Now go make disciples. Let the transference happen from your spirit to their spirit until I return. Let that keep happening. He starts the story with that. He ends the story with that. You have to grasp this. You've got to understand how important your relationships are, your work relationships your friend relationships, right? Your church relationship. Every relational choice you make is a spiritual choice. Every one. Because your relationships have eternal impact. Good and bad. So if you get around the wrong ones, there will be a reproductive process that starts to take place. It's just going to happen. This is something that God put in place from the very beginning of time. Your life is being shaped by the people in your life. In fact, your life could be defined by the people that's in your life. You've heard me say this before, but it's worth saying again. You show me your friends, and I'll show you your future every time. This is a principle. I promise you, this impacts you in every way. And if you don't believe that's happening, it's happening. This is something that's in motion because it's a process that God put in place from the very beginning. You can't stop it. Where there is intimacy, there will always be reproduction. Now, this was a huge risk. On God's part, because the bad can get transferred too. This is a risk he was willing to take, because cursing can be transferred too. Not only are godly seeds transferred, not only are blessings passed down, but wicked seeds get transferred too. Cursings get passed down, and the more intimate the relationship, the more crucial the transference becomes. 
You, you have to understand this. This is a huge risk on God's part. But he was so desperate for my grandfather's blessing to be passed down to my dad and be doubled immediately so that he could pass down his blessing to me and it be doubled in me immediately so that I could pass it down to my kids and pass down the quadrupled blessing and it be doubled in them immediately. And this was the risk that he was willing to take. The risk he was willing to take. The decisions you make about your relationships. So let's just do a little, ex- a little mental exercise for us. I want you to think about something. I want you to think about the three most dominant voices in your life. The three most dominant voices. Think about the three closest friends for a moment. Who are those that you spend time with? Who, who is most influencing the way you act and think and behave? Who are, who are those people? And if you want to see the potential in your life, you look at the three most dominant people in your life. Every single time. You, you show me the three most dominant voices in your life, I will show you the trajectory of your life. I'll show you where you're headed every single time because you show me your friends. I'll show you your future. For, for married folks, right? Your three closest married couple friends, think about them. How are their marriages? Are their marriages messed up? The guys are out, going out, messing around, not taking responsibility responsibility for being the leader in their home. The ladies are always disrespectful and complaining. Guess what? Your marriage is being influenced. It will reproduce in your life. But your three closest married friends, they love Christ. There's godliness in their relationship. Men are laying themselves down as Christ did for the church. Women are coming alongside and supporting and giving encouragement to facilitate the vision and purpose that God has for their family. Guess what? At the very least, you've started the process of having a better marriage. Your relationship with God. Your three closest Christian friends. Okay? They call themselves Christians. They, they may not live that way, but they call themselves Christians. They have a Sunday religion that doesn't impact Monday through Saturday. They're going out. They live it up. You hang around people like that. I promise you, you show me your friends. I'll show you your future because relationships are spiritual. Three most dominant voices in your life. Let me, let me just say it this way. The, the right direction tomorrow starts with the right relational decisions today. The, the right direction tomorrow, it starts with the right relational decisions today because the relationships you make, make you. You are made by the relationships you make. Now, a couple of things you have to understand. And Rachel's already mentioned this, but you, you're not going to be able to do it alone. You're not going to be able to do it alone. Um, for those of you that have convinced yourself that life is better alone, out of fear, out of not wanting to let people in, you're not going to be able to get where God wants you to get by doing it alone. You just won't. Secondly, you're not going to be able to do it without the right People. It's not just a matter of having people in your life. It's about having the right people in your life. You want to go to the gym more? Then you better call someone and be accountable to them and someone that calls you and says, where's your butt at? Get yourself here at the gym. It, you've left it to yourself. How's it work being, doing it by yourself? All right? 
you, you want to know God better? Find someone that will pray with you. Not just for you and about you, but with you. You want to experience healing? What, what does James say in five, uh, James 5.16? Confess your sins one to another. Pray for each other so that you can be healed. Healing does not happen unless you're willing to do those things. Look at Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19. Look at this. A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown by the kind of friends that he chooses. You show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Young people, teenagers, university students, I promise you, you will become who you hang with. I promise you. Because relationships are spiritual, and there is a transference that happens. Every connection becomes intimate on some level, and it reproduces, and it has eternal, lasting effects way beyond you. It gets passed down. Some of you, some of you just need to get a new transference into your life. You, you need to start receiving godly seed being reproduced in your life. So a few questions. With it framed with that, okay? With, with that being the frame on which this conversation can be had now. Keeping in mind, relational decisions are spiritual decisions. They have lasting eternal impact. Keeping in mind that relational choices are critical. They're eternal. And everything is reproducing something in your life. With that in mind, just three questions. Three questions for us to consider this morning as we look at relationships. The first one is this. Am I nurturing the important relationships? Very simply. Am I nurturing, am I truly nurturing them like a, a mother and a child? Like caring for them, feeding them, protecting them. You know why this is crucial? Because the important relationships are the ones that the devil attacks the most. So if you aren't nurturing the most important relationships, if you aren't working on them, he's working overtime on them. Let me say it like that. And they don't just automatically stay where you left them last. Have you ever found that out, husbands? Have you ever found that out? We went on a date. I took her on a vacation. She's good for now. It ain't going to stay there. You have to nurture that relationship. That's why some of us struggle staying committed to Christ and keeping him at the center of our lives because we make decisions here on Sunday and we're convinced that we're going to live our lives differently. But when we leave here, the devil immediately attacks the most important relationship in our life. And everything you heard gets diluted. And he's going to work overtime to respond to that decision you just made. So if you're not spending time with God, tomorrow, tomorrow, the day after that, in his word and prayer, chances are by the end of the week, it will be completely diluted. And you'll come back here on Sunday hoping that I will preach a message that's exactly catered for your customized issue. So that you can make another decision that gets diluted Monday through Saturday so that you can come back here Sunday and hope that I preach a message just for you. That's what happens. And you have to nurture the most important relationship in your life. You can't just be a Sunday Christian. You have have to nurture that relationship. Let Let me say this. Some of you just need to start by nurturing the relationship by making this a priority. Start there. Okay, you're going, i got to read his Bible and pray every day. Oh, some of you just need to start by saying, okay, I'm, every Sunday I'm committing to be in the house of God. You make that commitment. The decision you make on Sunday is actually made before Sunday. If you're waiting to make the decision until 8 o'clock on Sunday morning, chances are 
you're not going to be here on Sunday morning. You make the decision long before Sunday morning that this is important. And for parents, let me just say this for parents, what you are inconsistent with, your children will never do. What's optional for you will be non-existent for them. I'm just telling you. You make the decision long before Sunday to make this a priority. And if it's not, don't expect your kids to ever go. Dad, do you think about your family? You take them to Disney and you go, we're good, right? We're good for now. It ain't going to stay there, Dad. You nurture that relationship every day. Every day. Every day. You nurture that relation. I ran across this this past week, husbands, uh, on this idea of nurturing your marriage. This 15 marriage builders, it said. 15 marriage builders. Number one, love God first. I promise you, you will be a better spouse if you love Jesus first. Okay, I just... Start each day with a hug. Say I love you every time you part ways. Compliment freely and often. Be patient. Keep dating each other. Try to outserve one another. Kiss unexpectedly. Apologize sincerely. Be forgiving. Guys, let her give you directions when you're lost. Ladies, laugh at his jokes. Guys, ask her to marry you again. Ladies, say yes again. And never, never go to bed mad. I'm telling you, you have to nurture. You got to nurture. Guys, don't just assume that she's just going to be waiting for you to come walking through the door. And You got to work on that. You got to work on that. You got to keep working on this stuff. Throw another log on the fire. Right? Keep working on it because it doesn't stay where you left it last. Whether you're working on it or not, the devil's working overtime. I'm telling you, he's working overtime on your marriage. And if you're not working on it, there's one of two reasons why you typically don't nurture something. It's either a lack of knowledge or a lack of effort. You either don't know what to do or you know what to do and you refuse to do it. It's that simple. Most of the time when Ashley and I sit down with couples, we don't tell them something they don't already know. 90% of the time they already know what to do, but they won't do it. Oh, it just got quiet. It just got quiet. And they're like, well, we have a counseling session with next week. Uh, do we already know what we're supposed to be doing? Okay, let's just go ahead and do it. Telling you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Look at this. Serve one another in love for the entire law, the whole thing, can be summed up with this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. It's also called the golden rule. Do to others. Treat others how you want to be treated. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out or you will be destroyed by one another. Some of you are thinking, that sounds a little bit like my marriage. Always tearing each other down, pointing out where they missed it, seeing the worst in one another, looking for an opportunity, just point it out. Maybe, maybe looking for an excuse to get out. You've got to start nurturing the important relationships in your life. Okay, second, second question you have to ask yourself when it comes to your relationships. Relationships are spiritual, remember. Second question you need to ask yourself, am I severing the harmful relationships? Am I, am I nurturing the important ones? And am I severing the harmful ones? Not only do some of us need to get better at nurturing the important ones, some of us 
need to let go of some harmful relationships. Some of you have friends or coworkers that you need to start distancing yourself from. Not in a mean way, but listen, the more intimate the relationship becomes, the more the reproduction process starts to take place in your life. You can't stop it. It's already happening. It's reproducing in your life whether you realize it or not. Every relationship is a spiritual decision. Maybe just for our young people really quickly. Some of you just need to get over the thought that I don't want to hurt their feelings. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting yourself. You, you got to get away. You got to get away. Maybe, maybe just as a responsibility as a as a male as a pastor. Maybe I just speak to our young ladies for just a second. If there's a guy asking you to do things that you know you don't want to do or that you should do, you need to cut him out of your life. You need to get away from that guy. You, you don't want him to be part of your life. I'm just telling you. And if he has an issue with it, you can call me. You can call me. Tell him to call me. I'll tell him, step off. Get on down the road, bro. Can't touch us. Do, 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 do. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Now, I'll, let me say this. Some of you girls wonder why he won't give you the heart that he has and the ring. It's because you've already given up what he really wanted. You can't get that if you already gave him that. Cats. It's PG-13, all right? I'm sorry. Just telling you. If he's asking you to do things you know is not right, you get away from him. You've got to sever the harmful relationship. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Do not be misled because bad company corrupts good character. And our character is defined by our behavior. And bad company will corrupt it every time. Look at Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Anybody ever watched their own life fall to pieces? What were your friends like during that season? It works both ways. Not only can the right people propel you in the right direction, but the wrong people can propel you in the wrong direction. That's why as parents, you need to be involved on the front end of who your kids are hanging out with. Okay. The first time he wants to go out on a date with your daughter, the first thing isn't for them to go out. The first thing is for him to come over and spend some time at the house. Why don't you come out? Let's come out of the house. Why don't we talk a little bit? Let's just talk some. Let's have a little conversation. I just want to size you up a little bit. That's the first thing that needs to happen before you let him drive off with your little girl. I promise you that's the first thing. And if I ain't feeling it, he's done. I promise you, Sterling, I ain't feeling it. He's done. You send him on down the road. Bye. I promise you. That's the first thing. It ain't happening. Now, for her to listen to me, what's that require? Me nurturing the relationship now. I nurture the important relationships now. Not when she's 16, 18, and 20. Now I want to throw the hammer down. And why isn't she listening to me? Because she was when 7, 8, and 9, I'm going on dates with her. You don't have a voice if you're not dating her at 7, 8, and 9, Dad. I promise you. You nurture the important relationships now. And don't be surprised at 20 when she goes like this, when you haven't talked to her since. Just telling you. The Bible is serious. It has a lot to say about cutting the people out of your life that aren't a good influence. Let me just, I'll run through these real quickly. And if you want these 
Bible references later. I'll send them to you. But look at this. It says to stay away from people that are lazy. Look at the references. Stay away from people that are angry. Look at the references. Stay away from people that are immoral. Look at the references. Stay away from people that are greedy. Look at the references. Stay away from people that are unbelieving. Look at the references. The Bible is serious about cutting out harmful relationship in your life. It's serious about it. Do you know why? Because relationships are, they're spiritual. They're spiritual. I'm trying to help you today. I'm trying to help you. Proverbs chapter 12. Verse 26, a righteous man is cautious in his friendships. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? The word yoked, we think about that sometimes in dating or in marriage. The word yoked there means common fellowship. So he's talking about every relationship in your life. Now, for you extremists out there that are mishearing me, I just want to say this. Don't, don't mishear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you go into hiding and you hunker down and I'm going to spend my time right here in these little walls and never go. That's, that's not what I'm saying. You've got to be around unbelievers so that you can reach them and invite them and speak into their lives truth and life and encouragement. Don't, don't forget, Jesus liked being around sinners. Sin, sinners even like being around Jesus. Here's the deal. Jesus was always the influencer, though. That's the difference. They start influencing your life. You find yourself doing things you know you shouldn't be doing. You be the influencer. Relationships. So I need to nurture the important ones. Some of us have gotten a little lazy. If we're honest. We've gotten a little lazy. Guys, you just think she's just always going to be there for you. You You need to put these things on her every day. I promise you, you better nurture that. It's just not given. You tell her you love her every day, every time you part. When, you, when you're hanging out in the family room, don't let her sit across the room. You get, you, I'm telling you, you nurture that relationship. You don't just call her over when you're feeling it. Just telling you, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way, guys. You have to nurture that relationship. Some of us gotten lazy. Some of us got lazy with God. Oh, he'll always be there for me. Don't get, don't get lazy. And some of you need to start cutting some, some people out, distancing yourself. And then finally, the last question for us this morning. Am I pursuing meaningful relationship? Am I nurturing? Am I severing? And am I pursuing? Um, some of you don't have the relationships in your life that you need. In fact, in some cases, you're purposely avoiding the very ones that you need. And I, here's the deal. I, deep down inside, you know you need it. How do I know that? Because of Genesis 1. Because relationships are spiritual. And you have God inside of you. And he wants you to reproduce what's inside of you. It's in you. The only need that is not being met in some of our lives is deep meaningful relationship here nurturing and then you need to start pursuing because listen you you need the right not just people the right people the right when the right people get together for the right reasons god will show up and do the right things in your life 
the right people, <laughs> wanting the right things. God will show up and do the right things. And you're like, I don't even know what I said. It was good, whatever it was. <laughs> so we talk about groups, right? Listen, relationships are spiritual. Connect groups are spiritual. They're spiritual. Let me just be honest with you. Uh, th- for those of you that have never been in a small group environment, they are incredibly awkward. I was going to tell you, they're awkward. They're awkward for about the first couple weeks. Unless you're with a group of 10 ladies and it's just like you can talk about anything and everything and it's just from day one, it's just good. But most of the time, it's incredibly awkward. That's why I just want to encourage you to do a couple things. Go shopping. You do it with everything else that's important in your life. How many cars did you drive before you drive before you bought one? Right? How many houses did you walk through before you you just you wear it out, right? Go go check one out. And if you get in there and you go, dear God, I can't do this, check out another one. There's fourteen or fifteen other now, if all fourteen or fifteen of them are, are bad, okay, what's the one common denominator there? Let me just say, uh all right. <laughs> You've you got to start to see the potential in people, right? They're not just sitting around going, how can we make this just for the... No, no, no. This is how you get healed. You want to experience healing in your life? You've got to take the chance. You just, you just give me one semester. I, you think I ever have to convince Rachel, Rachel to, to go through... I, one semester is all it took. I wouldn't miss that if my life depended on it, right? Let me just say this. For those of you that, you know, what, what does that look like? I'm not really into that. It's, it's not a mini church service. I'm not going to be there. Isn't that good? Amen. Thank, thank for that. This is not just another event that we figured, well, let's plan that just so we can consume more of their time. <laughs> your calendar's already full. I know that. But they're critical to your survival as a believer. They are. They are. And the devil will lie to you and he'll say, don't do it. You're too busy. You can't. You're already overcommitted. You deserve a night. Look at your life. You deserve a night home by yourself. He'll tell you these things. I hear it all the time. I just don't have time. Let me just say as as humbly as I can, you are probably not any busier than the rest of us. We're all busy. It's not a matter of busyness. It's a matter of priority. Right? I don't have time to not have the right people in my life. Let's think of it that way. It's amazing how much time we have for the wrong people, and we wonder why our lives are moving in the wrong direction, because you show me your friends. Every time, I'll show you your future. Listen, you want stronger finances? Get around people that biblically handle their finances. You want better marriage? You want stronger marriage? Get around people that have a biblical marriage. You want a stronger relationship with God? Get around people that are pursuing God. And then work through the issues of group, right? Forget, forgive them. Be patient. You, someone annoying? It's, listen, this is a, a biblical principle. There will always be someone annoying in your group. Always. I promise you. Well, I think, okay. Now, if you're sitting there going, there's no one annoying in my group. Okay. You might be the annoying one. That's just... No one's annoying in my group. Hmm, I wonder. (laughs) Like in Matthew chapter 18. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I'm there among them. 
the power and presence of God is, is with us when we gather together. There's something powerful that happens when Christians come together in agreement. Jesus said, if you'll be intentional about your gatherings, I'll step into the middle of that. I'll do something powerful among you. And I'm praying that you will choose to gather with the right people for the right reasons so that God can do the right things in your life. Find one. Try it. You know what you'll say? It changed my life. It changed my life. I promise you. You will find yourself saying, I never experienced that on Sunday morning, what I experienced on Tuesday night. You will. You will. There's a big difference between going to church and having church. And a lot of us get good at going to church and never experiencing what church was really meant to be in your life. We do. Here's the way we we like to say it around here. Church starts after church. Church service is a real slippery slope to experiencing church. It is. It is. Because here's what I know. Relationships don't happen by looking at the back of someone's head. They don't. Relationships don't happen in rows. Relationships happen in circles. Looking at people's faces. And here, you know, here's there. We'll be known for what happens in our rows. You know, when people talk about Connect Church, we might be known for what happens in our rows, but our strength will be what happens in our, in our circles. That's where our strength will come. Remember what it says in, in Deuteronomy? I think it's chapter 32. One can send a thousand, but two sends. Okay, so it's not two is twice as powerful. No, no, two is ten times more powerful than one. Think about that. That's real multiplication. So you need the large and you need the small. It's biblical. I'm, I'm not against this. I love this. We've got to have this in our lives. There are just some things that will never happen in the large setting that happen in the small setting. You've got to stop expecting everything in the Christian life, every aspect of the Christian life to be answered in an hour and 20 minutes on Sunday morning. It ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You know what the small gatherings bring that the large gathering doesn't? Accountability. And we don't like accountability, do we? We don't like that. We, we bristle against that. Some of you won't change because you won't let anyone close enough to see what's really going on in your life. Some of you don't want to change. You, now, you tell me you want to change on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday says otherwise. Because we don't, we don't like accountability. I just want to tell you, for those of you that don't like accountability, you're not safe. You're not safe. If you're the only one that knows, you're not safe. Because if you, what you can't talk about, it owns you. It owns you. You have no accountability in your life. Saved in a row, right? Healed in a circle. Saved in a row. Healed. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4. This is the last verse of the day. All you folks out there that hate accountability said amen. All right, I'm ready to move on from this message. Verse 9. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. Listen to this. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. You don't just need a bunch of casual acquaintances in your life that don't challenge you. 
You need close friends that can be honest with you, transparent with you, that you can trust, that, that sharpen you, that cause you to, to want to become better, that have a transference of the godly seed inside of them. Because relationships are spiritual. You need to start pursuing deep, meaningful, honest relationships. Some of you need to do that. Some of you need to sever some harmful relationships in your life. They are toxic and unhealthy, and you need to let them go. Now, others of you maybe just need to start nurturing the important relationships in your life. Maybe I just... Relationships aren't social. Relationships are spiritual. Every relational decision and choice you make is a spiritual decision. Do you believe that this morning? Do you receive that? Lord? Thanks again for joining us. If you want to join us on Sunday, we meet at 1030 a.m. right next to Wilson Central High School or check us out online at connectchurchtn.com. Thanks so much and have a blessed day.